So that's kind of my struggle, what to do, whether to stay with my current lifestyle, which I really like, uh, coaching businesses and uh, maybe writing books and tinkering with things. Or I should switch gears and try to go for it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking about uh, Ray Kroc was, I think it was 53 or 54 when he started McDonald's. So maybe kind of, maybe it's not too late for me to really do this if, if I really want to and, and try to turn it into a business and, and try to make a huge impact with this 1.5 million companies that are starred for, for the solution that maybe uh, I could provide. This is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight-figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com. We're always here to help. Now, today we have another great guest back on the podcast, which was uh, we chatted with about six months ago, had him on. And it's always fun to kind of do the where are you at now episodes where we get to kind of catch up, see what's been going on lately and uh, what's uh, what's happened since last we heard from him. So we're having uh, Steve uh, Preda on. And uh, I always want to say Prada because I always think of Devin Where's Prada. So um, if I uh, mess up the name one way or the other, that's my excuse. Um, but as far as a, a quick catch up. So uh, Steve, in the last six months, has launched a book and promoting it on Amazon, learned a little bit about how people might be misinterpreting the title or the book and uh, how to adjust that a bit and what that means. And also been working on a couple new ideas for um, management blueprint and a platform to help people self-coach. And we'll get into that conversation a little bit of that so with that much as as an introduction welcome on the podcast or back onto the podcast steve and Devin, it's great to be back on the podcast uh i'm excited to see you here on a friday afternoon and have a good chat absolutely and excited to have you back on so before we get into what's happened over the last six months and kind of what's been going on, maybe give the audience kind of a reminder, a, a refresher course of, you know, first of all, I encourage everybody to go listen to the original episode. But if they wanted that crash course or that refresher course, kind of remind us where you were at about six months ago. Six months, months ago, um, I was just about to publish my book uh, titled Buyable, uh, Your Guide to a Self-Managing, Fast-Growing and High-Profit Business. So I was so in that excitement, uh, you know, the first first book that I really launched and, and published. And uh, I also was facing a transition. Um, so I was working, I was a licensee of an organization called EOS Worldwide, and they turned themselves into a franchise. And I decided not to kind of tie myself into a franchise agreement. And, uh, uh, and I joined another organization called Pinnacle, which is taking everything that EOS does, which is helping small businesses get organized and have a structured execution process uh, to a much higher level. And that's that's the other thing that happened the last six months. Uh, I was getting ready for that. And this happened over the last six months. I transitioned my clients to this new program called Pinnacle. So that's uh, that's that's the these are the most important, more salient points. 
All right, fair enough. So now with that much as kind of a refreshing reminder, we'll dive into kind of what's going on with the last six months. So one of the things that I think we touched on with the original episode, which is a bit ongoing, is you launch the book and you have um, have it in the background there, buyable, um, and you know started promoting it on Amazon. So tell us a little bit about how the book launch went, how the promotion's been going, and you also mentioned a little bit about how people may have misunderstood the title and how you adjusted that or kind of um, how people have, uh, have you reframed that. So give us a little bit of uh, introduction reminder as to how things have been going with the book yeah so so publishing a book is is about 10 percent uh, writing the book and 90 percent promoting it so it's it's an arduous process i i started this last uh april just as the pandemic broke and it took me only six weeks to type up the first draft and then I spent the next year and a half now with you know tweaking it and and packaging it and promoting it. So the last six months was all about launching it on Amazon and uh, asking for reviews, getting people uh, reviewing the book, and uh, then advertising the book and blogging about it, talking about it on podcasts such as your podcast, mm-hmm. and um, and that was a really interesting experience. Uh, with lots of uh, ups and downs. So, uh, you know, uh, it's not easy to get reviews. I had probably 300 or 300 people promising to give me a review and uh, I'm happy to report that I have about 65 reviews, which, uh, you know, which is just a fraction of the people, but it's still a good number uh, to have. I'm excited about that. also, uh, the book hit the number one in its category in July, so that was uh, that was also exciting. But what I learned in the process is that it's not about hitting number one, because most anyone can get there with enough money put behind advertising. But it's uh, it's all about keeping it up in the rankings so that people actually see it over time. It, it becomes a visible book, and and people then find it. Uh, without the advertisement, they can, they can buy it and kind of uh, help help your ideas gain traction. So that's really the the secret, and that's what I, I I've been trying to figure out the last couple of months how to make the book advertising self financing, which is which is very tricky, especially for business books uh, because mm-hmm. people write business books because they want to generate business. So, uh, so our nonfiction writers, business book writers don't set out to make money on the book and therefore are willing to actually subsidize the purchase of books. And therefore, it's really difficult to make it self-financing. But uh, I, I can say that I got uh, fairly close to this, not quite there yet, but uh, maybe I, I can get like to break even that would be kind of a dream scenario where i could break even and just let it uh, market itself so this mm-hmm. is this is where i am uh, with the book and um now it's one question one yeah. kind of follow-up question to that so you know you've got the reviews and yeah i i we have 
I've done a very light self-publishing book that was more of uh, some of, it's actually with this podcast, we're taking some of those episodes, um, turning them into a book form and kind of making it a fun introduction, but never really got into a lot of the promotion and then doing that. So always kind of watched a bit of far as others that I've known have got into the promotion and always seems like you have the initial launch, which you do a lot of push and try and do pre-sales and try and get the reviews. And then it's kind of building it out from there to make it uh, more sustainable, you know, ongoing in the long run. Now, I think as we talked a bit before, one of the things you'd uh, found out as you launched the book and people got it and they got into it and, and further studied it and whatnot, was that there was a, a bit of a mismatch for at least a portion of them based on the title of the book versus the content of the book. So give people a bit of an insight as to how that transpired and what you learned there. Yeah, so the, uh, the interesting uh, thing about this book is that it straddles my uh, career as an investment banker. So about up until about 10 years ago, um, eight years ago, I, I was an investment banker and uh, I spent about 10 to 12 years building my own business and helping small to medium-sized businesses find buyers and investors. So I always wanted to uh, write about that stuff and I, I did blog and publish a newsletter. So I, learned, I had a lot of material and I felt like it would be nice to put in a book. Uh, and the last eight years I spent as a business coach. And I looked at things, I've seen things from a different angle. I was more focused about growing businesses rather than selling them. And, uh, and I, I wanted to put these two things together. And the title suggests, or I, what I meant with the title was that uh, the, per, the, the objective is not necessarily to sell your business. It's, it is to make it viable, it make it turn it into a valuable asset that people want to own. Mm -hmm. And that gives you options. And what uh, some of the people that um, read the book say, ah, well, yes, I saw the title, but, but I don't want to sell my business, so I didn't read the book. Um, and, uh, you know, I was, I was scratching my head, okay, um, how could I have uh, changed that title um, to, you know, to still uh, be able to tell the story about how to make a business sellable? but also to not put too much emphasis on selling the business. Um, so uh, that's, that's just how, uh, how it happened. And uh, on the other hand, I think Viable has turned out to be a memorable title. So, you know, the, on the negative side, it's sometimes misconstrued. On the positive side, it's, it's quite catchy and, and people tend to remember it. Hmm, no, I, and I think so. I think that definitely makes sense. And I, I can get a bit of the, you know, potential disconnect if they just very quickly thought about it or looked at the title. Maybe they didn't give it much thought or they didn't, uh, you know, read any of the, the summary of what it might be about. Then, you know, they're just saying, oh, you're just looking how to exit a company. And so I think that, you know, definitely a lesson to learn as you're launching a book and as you're trying to it's always hard to guess how everybody's going to interpret things because everybody has their own background and how they might view a, a, a word or, a, you know, something or a title. And so it's always interesting to see how people might perceive something differently. Now, one, one maybe this quick follow-up question to that. So if you were to do it again, so let's go back in history just a bit. You were to redo the title, redo the book, you know, or you're at the beginning of the title in the book, but knowing how people might perceive it or how they might have that disconnect, is there anything you would change, any lessons learned, or you're just saying, hey, it's still a great title, most people catch it, and for the ones that don't, you know, so be it type of a thing. Would there be anything that you would change or adjust now having hindsight 2020? I would probably put a bubble under the title and say, read the subtitle as well. 
Uh, no, I don't think I would change it. So it's not, it's not like a majority of people, but it's just a couple of people uh, raised this. I had one of my uh, former peers, a business coach who said, I'd like to, I really would like to refer uh, you a client, but he doesn't want to uh, sell his business and he doesn't want to be seen to be thinking about selling his business. And and you know, uh, this is really a problem that this is the title of your book. And he was very upset about it. But eventually he did introduce me uh, to that uh, to that person and they become a client and it turned out to be storming a teapot, not really a big issue uh, after all. So I think it's more of a perception thing. Mm, no, and I think so. And I said, that's always one where, you know, you have to balance because sometimes you get feedback from people and you have to say, okay, is it a big portion? You know, hey, I missed the mark and everybody is misconstruing it. And if so, then you're having to say, okay, then I may need to adjust. On the other hand, you're saying there's always going to be a portion of no matter how well you try and convey it may, or convey that information and otherwise um, provide it to them, the people are just not going to get it and not going to understand. And I even get that in our, some of our service-based industry. Now we do, as an example, we do trademarks and I'll explain exactly how the process is, what a trademark is, what it covers, what the fees are. And we, you know, we try and be as comprehensive as possible, no matter how much we explain that there is still a portion of the uh, clients or potential clients that you'll go through all of that and then you'll talk to them next time and it's like they they just didn't quite get it they didn't understand it and so you're having to look and say hey is there something wrong with our process are we not conveying it as well is there something we change or is there just simply a portion of the population that you're going to have to say it doesn't matter how well we do it they're going to still miss it and we're just going to have to accept that and move on and go for those you know the bulk of the people that it is going to resonate with so i think that you know it's one of those that you're always having to assess and figure out well, a couple other things that you that we mentioned that you're working on. So you have the book, been promoting that, continuing to say, let's get a break even, let's have make it money, and let's con- make or can or continue to grow that. And, and then you've also got into a couple other things where you have one is an idea, and you're thinking about maybe for a next book and some other aspects of the business of a management blueprint. And then you're also looking at maybe uh, building a platform that people can self-coach a bit about. So give us an idea of kind of, you know, tease it out in the future, so to speak, as you're getting ready to, or thinking about maybe going down these paths and these projects, what that looks like and where you might be headed. Yeah, I don't want to speak too much about these because, uh, you know, I don't want to jinx it. uh, (laughs) Don't jinx yourself. So do it so that you don't jinx yourself. Exactly. I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to, you know, there is this theory that if you have a great idea and you speak about it too much, then you are kind of neutralizing the excitement of the idea. Hmm. You took it out and then you you will not be able to the energy, use the energy of it to actually create the thing. So I don't want to make that mistake. But, you know, it's interesting uh, when you write a book, uh, it's, I guess I'm not a woman, but my wife tells me, and, and I read about this, that, and, and you have several children, so maybe you can attest to this, that women, when uh, when they give birth, they, they say, ah, never again, I'm not going to go through <laughs> that again. But then you you forget it. You're bio, biologically uh, uh, wired to, to forget the experience. And, uh, you know, and uh, three months later, it's like it's never happened. And I guess uh, writing a book is, is, is perhaps similar. So it's, it's a very arduous process, but it's also a very rewarding process. So when you're done, after a few months, you, you start thinking, oh, what if, what if I tried it again and, and wrote another book? 
So, uh, so definitely, I've, I've been going through that uh, process as well. And and one of the things I'm really obsessed about is this idea of management blueprints. And I have a post, as you know, you were a guest uh, on my podcast, Management Blueprint. It used to be called uh, something different, but now it's called Management Blueprint Podcast. And um, I am really into this idea of trying to ferret out all those frameworks that people use to, to build their business. And every guest that comes on, uh, I always dig out something that they use that has not been on the show before and we can talk about. Uh, it's a great resource for entrepreneurs. So I am very obsessed about this idea and I'm thinking about uh, writing a book about uh, these management blueprints. Uh, I write a fair bit about them in this book, uh, wrote uh, in this book, but there's so many more out there and there are different ways of looking at that. So I definitely think it would be an interesting topic for, uh, for entrepreneurs to be able to know, okay, what are the shortcuts uh, we can take and how to run the business uh, in a more structured fashion. You know, one, one of the things that I stumbled upon during researching the Bible is that there are 1.7 million uh, 10 to 250 employee organizations, companies in the US and the average life uh, span of these organizations is eight and a half years. So essentially 85%, over 85% of these companies never make it to their 10th anniversary. And they dwindle away, they disappear, or they never become a real business. And my uh, belief is that uh, if companies had access to this information, how to organize themselves better and how to structure themselves and align their people and engage their people better, then maybe, you know, maybe all of those are at least 90% of those um, 1.5 million companies that go out of business, they could be saved and they could go perpetuity into the future. And I, I made the calculation, it would add uh, a 20% to our national GDP, it would be a one-off, mm. and then it would raise our GDP by 4% every year going forward, so we could grow faster than China. If, uh, if we actually fix their issue. So I'm very passionate about uh, that potential that we, we have to, uh, to improve companies. And I definitely want to write some books uh, about that in the future. And, uh, you know, I also mentioned to you, so with this book, I developed uh, a handful of tools, digital tools that my readers can go online and they can play with, they can figure out what they want to do, what is that? I, what does your their ideal life look like? Uh, they can uh, figure out what their magic number is. What is the value of their company? What is the value they need to create with their company? And they can do a viability assessment, so kind of a, an X-ray of where they are and what they need to do to make their businesses viable. And I want to develop that uh, these tools into a platform where people can uh, coach themselves and can improve the business by just going on the platforms and, and playing with these tools. No, and I think that, that, you know, they hit on a lot of things. One of the things I thought was interesting is, you know, you kind of saying, you know, you almost have post-traumatic syndrome of when you write a book. And I would say that there's a lot of things. I think as a human nature, we tend to remember the good and tend to forget the bad, which is probably a good thing. Otherwise, if all we did is remember the bad things of, of going through an experience, we would never do something again and we would never progress. And so whether it's having a child, whether it's starting a business, because even a lot of startups are saying, man, 
that was a lot of work to get a startup up and going and get it stable and get funding and get revenue and marketing and sales. And, you know, once you make the exit, you're like, do I really want to do this again? And then you're like, well, you give it a little bit of time and you're like, okay, I got the bug. I got to go do it again. Got a business getting up and going. And then you get right back into it. So I think that that's kind of a mantra throughout a lot of life is, is probably a good thing that we only generally remember the good because that way we'll, we'll continue <laughs> to progress. So I think that that, Definitely makes sense. And I say, you know, I get the uh, opportunity, you know, you don't want to jinx it and you're, you're still early on. And there's a lot of a lot of uh, things that did move forward with the path forward. But I think that it's kind of fun to always see where you, where the future, where you think the future's headed and then whether or not you, uh, whether or not it works out the way you think it does. Sometimes it does, other times it doesn't. So, well, and or as people, as we start to wrap up, um, I always have one question at the end of each of the where are you at now episodes, which is a bit different than the uh, the normal question I ask uh, the in initial uh, introduction uh, episode. So for the where are you at now episode, the question I always ask is, you know, as you start into a venture, as you start into a business or getting something going or as you're, you know, getting a little bit further along, when you initially start out, you're kind of naive. You know, you think of hey, these are things that you don't know what you don't know. And so because you don't know and you're naive, things are, you know, you you don't worry about things and you don't have the fears that uh, come along afterwards because you don't know them yet. But as you get farther along in your journey, you know, fears start to creep in and, you know, it can be, hey, how do I make payroll? How how do I continue to have consistent sales or how do I do this or that? So all entrepreneurs start to get more fears as they go along now. So with that as an introduction, the question I always ask is, Along your journey, what is one of the what is what is one of the biggest fears that develop, and how do you deal with that fear? Hmm. Well, that's a great that's a great question, and I do have uh, this fear. And you know, I'm 54 years old, and uh, yeah, I told you about this this digital platform that I'm kind of playing with. I'm reading a lot of books about it, uh, what to do, and my original idea was to kind of organically do this in a, in a slow fashion. But what I'm finding out is that I, I can't just do it on the side. It wouldn't work. Uh, I would have to dedicate a lot more uh, energy to it. Essentially, I would have to turn it into a startup. And my fear is if, if I did that and I raised some money, I would become trapped by this. And uh, it would uh, create a lifestyle that I would not enjoy. So, so that's kind of my struggle, what to do, whether to stay with my current lifestyle, which I really like, uh, coaching businesses and uh, maybe writing books and tinkering with things. Or I should switch gears and try to go for it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking about uh, Ray Kroc was, I think it was 53 or 54 when he started McDonald's. So maybe kind of maybe it's not too late for me to really do this if if I really want to and and try to turn it into a business and and try to make a huge impact with these 1.5 million companies that are starred for for the solution that maybe uh, I could provide. So that's kind of uh, my fear and uh, I don't know where it's going to go. Uh, I'm still percolating on it. Hey, I think that uh, it's definitely, you know, figuring out the the path to travel, the road you want to do and, and what that, you know, what is, what is next and how you want to, 
you know, go out in a blaze, so to speak, and there's still plenty of time left to, to figure that out is always the one I think that does, it definitely makes sense as a fear and one that has to be dealt with. So good luck with the fear and we'll have to see how it goes for you. Um, well, as we wrap up, if people want to uh, find out more, they want to, you know, get your book, they want to if uh, be a customer, a client, or a purchaser of your book, they want to be an investor in one of your next ventures, they want to be an employee in one of your next ventures, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, or find out more? So, you know, they can find me, obviously, the book on Bible, uh, Steve Preda Bible, uh, or stevepreda.com. Very simple. And if you want to uh, check your company, how viable it is, then you can check viabilityassessment.com, viabilityassessment.com, and then you can answer those questions and you get an X-ray uh, along six factors of viability where your business is and, and uh, you can figure things out how, how you can move forward from there. All right. Well, definitely encourage people to check out the book, pick it up and also check it out online and do the assessment. So also all great ways to connect up with you as well as on LinkedIn. So well, thank you again for coming back on the podcast. It's been fun to catch up. It's been a pleasure. Um, now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell or you want to catch up, if you've already been on the podcast, we'd love to have you either way. Um, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show. A couple more things. Make sure to um, like and sh- uh, share and uh, otherwise uh, um, subscribe to the podcast so that we can make sure that everybody finds out about all these awesome episodes. And last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, copyrights, or anything else with your business, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always happy to help. Thank you again, Steve. It's been a fun, it's been a pleasure, and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Sounds good. Thank you, Davian. Thanks for having me on the on- show. Oh. Absolutely. <laughs>